ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. When I left school, I could tell you a few French verbs, a fair bit about King Lear and possibly a metaphor about a pool table that explains something about atoms. But I could not tell you the names or habits of 700 birds. That's what best mates Cesare Carmichael and Leo Norman are looking for. And that quest involves a tiny daily budget, some very trusty bicycles and a big sense of adventure. They're spending their gap year riding around the country documenting bird species. And the more they see, the more money they raise to build a school in Timor-Leste. We tracked them down 25 days into their trip in Brisbane. Cesare, Leo, hello. Hello. Thanks hello. so much for having us. Ah, it is a great pleasure. I like birds. I like bikes. This is a fascinating combination that you've decided to sandwich together here. Leo, if I can start with you, what did you wake up to this morning? Any special bird calls? Um, well, we're in Brisbane at the minute, um, so we just had, you know, rainbow lorikeets and white ivis and, and a few peril pigeons around, but uh, it's been, been great bird watching the past few days around Brisbane and uh, the Gold Coast, but yeah. What kinds of different environments have you been in lately? Mm, so we've been, uh, we've been in the rainforest behind uh, the Gold Coast, so in the southeast Queensland high ranges, so we've been looking for a specific kind of lyrebird, the Albert's lyrebird, which is only found in kind of short stretch of high elevation rainforest and that was amazing to see yesterday um and some black-breasted button quails out near brisbane which is another special one we got yeah nice so it sounds like you're ticking a few off the list cesare what inspired this adventure what what are you hoping to achieve um yeah it's a it's a strange question that people often ask i mean some mornings i think at least I wake up and think, what the hell am I doing <laughs> riding around Australia? Um, but I think probably for Leo, it's been a bit of a probably a pipe dream for 10 years to go out and see as many bird species in Australia as possible or do a birding big year, as it's called. Um, I think for me, I've been attracted to the aspects that bird watching brings me closer to, so being in nature. Uh, it's an incredible sort of mindfulness activity I found through COVID. And if I'm totally honest, I, I probably couldn't think of a better way to um, to spend my year than riding around Australia with um, with a good mate and looking for birds and making some films along the way and, and doing it for a great cause to try and build a school in East Timor. Yeah, there's some lovely footage on Instagram of you guys traipsing through the bush. Some of you in thongs, which seemed a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think um, but, uh, yeah, bird watching through the rainforest with no shoes on probably wasn't a great idea. Live and learn, live and learn. So, Cesare, do you particularly like bicycles as well? Oh, some some days I think on the bike, you know, riding up some of the hills, particularly out of Bathurst coming up into the Blue blue Mountains, I was thinking, you know, maybe I don't even like bikepacking this much. Maybe I don't even like cycling this much to be <laughs> riding up these huge hills. And But, um, but yeah, there are, those, there are those moments where you're sort of, you're thinking, why the hell am I doing this? But then, you know, coming over some of those ranges, it's um, it's really incredible. Uh, and I think bikepacking and, and cycling has just been a way for us sort of throughout our youth to, to not only explore further than, you know, public transport or, or just getting around, but it's been sort of a, a way to tap into a, sort of a wider sense of freedom as, as kids. But now as we have our licences, we've, we've still chosen the bikes, which um, it's great to move through a landscape slowly and, and see see everything that you wouldn't just zoom by in a car and actually listen to the locals and listen to the birds and, and see everything that, that can be found in that in that particular area. Well, yes, Leo, do you manage to see many birds while you're actually riding? Is it slow enough to spot them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, we, yeah, 
We always stop at a dam and, or a lake or wetland or make a detour to some local bushland reserves. Um, and if we need a break from riding, we'll just go look for some birds. And, yeah, it's been great. I think you see much more as you're riding along rather than driving, and we'll find a lot more birds just incidentally that we'd otherwise probably have to go to specific areas looking for them if we were doing it by car. Yeah, how, um, many, how many have you seen just incidentally, and how many do you have to kind of put in the hard yards for, like the Albert's Lyrebird? Yeah, so incidentally, I'd say so far we've probably seen a bit over 200 species, but uh, there's been maybe, so yeah, so the Albert's Lyrebird, we spent maybe a few hours, yes, oh, but um, the black-breasted bunnacle was a really tough one that took us five hours of traipsing around some vine scrub, searching for these little little brown birds that stalk the forest floor, but uh, that was great fun, but yeah. Yeah, little well-camouflaged birds. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So you're the main birder, Leo. What first you, got you fascinated about birds, and how old were you at that point? Mm, so my, dad was, my dad's been a zookeeper for my whole life, and um, he's always had a specific interest in birds, so going camping, and we'd, he'd always have his binoculars out and have his field guides, and I'd always be kind of looking over his shoulder. And um, So, yeah, from an early age, I've always been interested in the birds. And I've kind of overtaken his interests, I'd say, now. And, um, yeah, over the past, you know, five years going through school, I've been really keen looking for birds wherever I can. Yep, yeah. you've got your own copy of What Bird Is That Now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cesare, I understand for you, obviously, the birds are fun. The biking is interesting, seeing the country. <laughs> but you're also interested in seeing some snakes. What's going on there? Yeah, so we have a, well, depending on how this um, cyclone advances, we've got a trip up to far north Queensland planned with a couple other crazy bird watchers. But, uh, yeah, especially in especially in that far north, you know, Queensland area, there are, it's not only birds that we're, that we're interested in. We've got uh, a butterfly enthusiast coming with us. Um, you know, the reptiles and, and other things we find along the landscape are, are really interesting. I'm not, I'm not particularly... Uh, Oh, a snake um, enthusiast, but um, I'm certainly interested in other people who are taking incredible photos of them along the way. You must be seeing, yeah, just a very wide, interesting range of wildlife. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, so plenty of, yeah, we're keen on our frogs and butterflies, just as I said, and yeah, it's been great to kind of get an interest in the other stuff that's around, not just birds, as we go along as well. And, though, uh, though I understand that, Leo, there is a particular bird that you're very keen to see. <laughs> I'm very excited to see a southern cassowary, but um, among plenty of others, there's a, a, I'm so excited just to see the country and its birds that it has to offer. So uh, what are your chances of seeing a southern cassowary for those who are not familiar with where they live and how they get about? Um, the be So between roughly south, a bit north of Townsville up to Cape York, they're, they're seen with some regularity and I think... I think we'll have a good chance of seeing cassowary, especially south of Cairns. Um, so that's very exciting. Mm. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the, the actual travel. Cesare, you mentioned how sometimes those uh, uphill gradients are a bit of a trial. How much ground are you covering each day, roughly? Um, it's about 100 kilometres a day on the bikes. Whoa. Which for, um, yeah, for people who don't cycle very much, it seems like a lot. And for people who do cycle quite a lot, they, um, they sometimes think, well, that's not very much. But I think carrying everything that we need for, for the whole year, plus some camera equipment, um, plus some sort of recording equipment. It is, it is quite a lot on the bike. I mean, we've sort of limited what we can carry to the, the bare minimum. I think there's something 
you know, quite beautiful about traveling through an area and only taking sort of exactly what you think you need because um, otherwise carrying it up some of those large hills is a challenge. But um, I think for the most part, um, yeah, the greatest challenge probably hasn't been the bike riding itself. I think there's something sort of regular about getting on the bike each day, doing about 100 kilometres or so, maybe 120 on some days. Uh, I think our largest day has been about 150 kilometres, but it's been everything else that sort of comes with that. So I think, you know, being away from home for an extended period of time, challenging yourself physically, but also mentally, often being quite cold or underfed or, you know, under the pump. Uh, I think it's definitely tested our relationship, but probably for the better. Well, and it's a long-standing relationship and it sounds like a, a very uh, easygoing and lovely one. But yeah, I mean, where, where are you sleeping? What are you eating, Cesare? Um, yeah, so most of our most of our camping, we're on a bit of a shoestring budget. We've got about 20 to $25 a day each that we sort of budget away for food. Uh, and for the most part, we're camping um, in, in the bush or just camping um, in free campsites we can find along the way. Sometimes it's we've got a specific deadline. We need to be somewhere to see a specific bird um, and we'll have to, you know, ride through the night a little bit or ride in early mornings, particularly on hot days. The, the road just radiates the heat and, and you really do just lose a lot of energy from that. But, um, yeah, diet has been an interesting mix um, of, you know, lentils and, and oats and peanut butter, sometimes a carrot if we're lucky in the mornings. But, um, yeah, depending where we go, we'll sort of we'll, we'll have a bit of a basic diet for a couple of days and then once we get to a town or, or somewhere, we'll, we'll splurge out and enjoy ourselves at a, maybe a pub or something. Wow. <laughs> Just to get maybe a nice big meal. Like a coffee every three weeks or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think we've been limiting the coffee so far. It's been more how can we, you know feed ourselves because it, it always just feels like, you know, however much we eat, there's always a, a bottomless pit still to fill after riding and then being in the sun and then, you know, walking five or 10 kilometers to, to find a, to find a bird. When we were up in, um, the mountain ranges behind the gold coast, we were walking sort of oh, 25 kilometers or so in the morning. Um, we'd gotten up about five or five thirty in the morning trying to find, uh, these particular birds, um, the lyre birds, as, as Leah was mentioning before, and I think we sort of lost track that we hadn't eaten anything all morning and, and only had a little bit of a drink from a, from a waterfall or something. But um, it certainly sounds idyllic, but sometimes it's, it's a lot harder than, um, than we anticipate. Yeah, indeed. Well, you can find Cesare and Leo at Two Birders, Two Bikes on Instagram. Send a mu- emergency muesli bars stat if you're living along the route. Um, Cesare, just finally, th- this whole trip, apart from the fun and the adventure and the list of birds, is a-, a fundraising project to help build a school in East Timor. Why are you both so keen to support that charity? That's right. Yeah, so there's um, there's an incredible need for education resources in East Timor. 90% of the schools there were destroyed during the Indonesian occupation. And I think for something throughout the year that is achievable in raising $100,000, which will will build a school, which has running water, um, you know, clean facilities for kids, um, multiple classrooms, um, you know, toilets as well. It's a really incredible thing we can do. And, and, And East Timor being only, you know, an hour away from from Australia, we're incredibly excited to visit and, and document some of the work um, done by Spend It Well, the charity we're working with. Uh, and if anyone's interested, more information can be found on the Instagram page, as you mentioned. Um, you know, all what's great about this as well is we're really excited about is 100% of any donations they go directly towards uh, construction costs of the school. Um, so there's you know no costs caught up in administration fees. And I think out of anything that we could be supporting, we're we're really really proud to. 
um, to be supporting this school building project. Cesare, Leo, it's been so lovely chatting with you this morning. All the very best for the 700 bird list. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you very much. See you later. Leo Norman and Cesare Carmichael, two birders, two bikes on Instagram. And there is a link in their bio where you can donate to if you'd like to help out with their school building process uh, project in East Timor. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.